Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noter Francesco, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max, in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing this fine Sunday afternoon? 25 days until you know Nebraska time, against next, Minnesota. The next time we do a podcast, it will be less than 20 days. You now. and I have been texting back and forth for the last couple well, days. Just yeah, the first just thing we'll 25. send each other, just a number. Twenty Today was 25, yesterday 26, just a countdown of how many days until Nebraska starts playing again. It is uh, very exciting and Man, I just, I'm just so excited for football. I was thinking about it yesterday. Uh, I was playing a game with some friends, and there was you had to guess some word, and it was fall, and I wrote football for it or whatever. I was thinking <laughs> about it, and I was like, and then I was like, man, I can't wait. And I was thinking about the leaves changing colors, and that means that college football is almost here. And man, I just cannot wait for this season. And as we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's not even just Nebraska football. I just want to watch college football. It's yeah. been too long. They need yeah. to make the season longer. Uh, I know that that's probably not great for the health of the players, but. Um, I would like it to be longer. <laughs> we don't. <care>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but whatever. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. There's a lot of big news that broke. We'll talk about that at the end. Um, we would like to do a, a our linebacker preview though at the beginning though, uh, since we promised you guys that we didn't expect all the Pac-12 dissolving stuff to happen so soon, uh, all that kind of stuff. So we'll start here with the linebackers at Nebraska. Coach, uh, first year at Nebraska, obviously this entire coaching staff is new except for uh, Dominic Raiola, uh, or sorry, Donovan Raiola, um, uh, Rob Dvorak, Dvorak, I believe is how you pronounce that. Yeah. Um, he's he's the uh, new he's the linebackers coach. Uh, the the scheme that we're going to run we talked about last week the three three five. So you're going to have those three uh, linebackers. You're going to have the Mike, the Will, and the Sam linebacker. I believe is the other spot there. Um, so outside linebacker, we'll start there. Uh, MJ Sherman, Chief Borders, Jamari Butler, all three transfers. MJ Sherman transferred from Georgia. Chief Borders from Florida, obviously. We talked about him before. And Jamari Butler is from Florida State. Uh, Chief Borders and Jamari Butler are both sophomores, and MJ Sherman is a junior. Uh, I mean, all these guys have a lot of potential, I think. I haven't heard. Like, there's been some hype around them when we got the transfers, when they committed to Nebraska through the transfer portal. But I do not really recall anything else after that. It's kind of up and down. I, I I don't know. It's just a lot that I <clears throat> haven't been able to see slash hear about these guys. So honestly, I can't tell you anything about them because I, I think we, that we it's just going to have to be a prove it thing. Right. Exactly. You don't have a record of, of the certainly at Nebraska because they're all new. Does exactly. That, does, that, does that say to you <laughs> that there's, there's some, or there was some element of desperation going into this fall because they got three guys outside the program to transfer for the linebacker spot in general. Yeah, yeah for the outside um, in this case, yeah. I want to say no because I think they know that Heinrich uh, and Reimer were going to be back as a senior and a junior. And I, I don't know if there's a lot of desperation. We'll talk about Ernest Hausman transferring out here in, in a bit. That one was kind of shocking and a little yeah. bit uh, yeah. uh, disappointing. Um, and 
I don't know if it's desperation. I think it's just these kids really wanted somewhere where they can play, and they liked the style that Rule was going to play with and that new 3-3-5 defense. So, I, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot. Of, I mean, Chief Borders isn't the only guy that transferred from Florida. Corey Collier, who we'll talk about next week during our secondary um, during our secondary preview, uh, also transferred from Florida as well. So we'll see. I don't know. Do you, do you think the same thing here, Grandpa? Well, yeah, I, I, thank goodness you got Luke and and um, and uh, and Nick coming back. Nick was nicked up, no pun intended, last year, and so uh, you know, at middle linebacker Luke Reimer, um, he had eighty six total tackles, uh, forty eight of them were assisted, and thirty eight were solo. This guy has a nose for the football. He knows where to go. He's a great tackler. Um, and, uh, and then having Nick Heinrich back, uh, supposedly he's hundred percent ready to go. Uh, he, last year, he, well, he was injured, so he didn't get to play a lot, but he had 37 total tackles, 22 assisted and 15 solo. So you got some experience. Heinrich is a, is a junior and Reimer, unfortunately is a senior. I, I, I would take a team full of that kid and, kids like him he's a he's a great he has a great motor i love the way the kid plays he's he's awesome yeah i'd agree with you i mean both luke reimer and nick heinrich have kind of been the rocks back there in the linebacker room for the past couple of years especially for nebraska but with with the outside linebacker that's a position that trev alberts played for nebraska when when he was there uh and uh you know MJ is they're very, very high on him, very, very high. And I think Chief Borders comes in as a transfer, as you said, from Florida. They're very high on this kid. And for the for that matter, Jamari Butler, um, there, as you said, there's a great deal of potential there. Let's just hope that they can gel by August 31st. And and we'll know that that's part of the that's part of the uh, excitement brewing on the thir- 31st when Nebraska opens the season at, at Minnesota. It's like it's like when well, we've said this, I think several times in these podcasts, it's going to be like Christmas. It's going to open up some presents and and see what you know what there is. I, I, we can we can sit here and and uh, predict and we can opine about this and that. The Hussars going to do this. They're going to, but it all comes down to just reality, and that's it. I'm I'm excited. I love what this coaching staff has been doing, and we got to trust them. I believe. And if you don't have trust, I don't think you have a whole lot. Yeah, and I, I think you're right in saying that. I think that we do need to – there needs to be some level of trust. And I think there is among Nebraska fans that – I think a lot of people do trust Matt Rule. Uh, but I think it's just the um, – it's it's the it's the phrase that they, they maybe you know this maybe you don't but the phrase the hope that kills you uh, just the optimism that is going to uh, just absolutely derail your season uh, so I think people just don't want to buy into the optimism around Nebraska which I think is fine you and I have talked about this before we don't think you should buy into the optimism wait until the team plays and then you can decide for yourself you can be optimistic if you want you can be pessimistic pessimistic if you want but. You really should just just trust that Matt Rule is going to do the best thing that he can for the program this season, and he's going to lay a base, a foundation at least, which it's getting harder and harder to do from schools because of the transfer portal and NIL and all this kind of stuff that is different incentives for players to leave. So if you try to build a foundation, but your two-by-fours keep leaving, you can't exactly build a house. 
Right. So it's it, we'll we'll see what it ends up being here. But uh, speaking of leaving, uh, we had four total uh, guys from the linebacker room transfer out. Uh, two big ones: Ernest Hausman. He transferred to Michigan, which I feel like is kind of a diss, and I really hope that uh, who, I just want Gabe, I just just let's just hand the ball when we play Michigan, just hand the ball off to Gabe Irvin and let Gabe Irvin just go out and truck Ernest Hausman. Uh, it'd be great. Uh, and then uh, Eteva Malga Clemens uh, also transferred out as well. Don't know exactly where he went, um, but th- those guys were both two guys that freshmen. Uh, actually, well, Malga Clemens was a sophomore, I believe. Um, Ernest Hausman stepped in as a freshman last year and played phenomenally. And I yes. cannot imagine if he stayed and you have Nick Heinrich, yes. Yes. Um, Luke Reimer and Ernest Hausman, that is probably the best linebacking corner Nebraska's had in a bit. So really just disappointed a, he left. He's a he's from Columbus, Nebraska. His parents adopted him. I don't know. He came from Africa and, uh, and had a great year. It wasn't like, you know, he got, you know, dissed uh, and, and sat on the bench. They recognized his talent. So that was a little surprising, A, that he transferred to anywhere. And, and then you t- transfer in the conference. I think that's a big slap on the face. Um, yeah, you look at, at players like that and you wonder, okay, maybe Nebraska starts to turn this thing around and maybe an Ernest Hausman uh, says, eh, I'm going to get back closer to home. You get the transfer portal. He comes back. I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Will. I don't know if I like, I don't know. I don't really know if I like that. Like we'll talk about miles farmer here in a minute, but I don't know if I like it. it Ernest, like the, the probability of someone transferring out being like, Oh, I don't like your program. Uh, he knew that Matt rule, he transferred out after Matt rule was coming yeah. to Nebraska. Yeah. So he knew that Matt rule was coming. Um, I don't know if he talked to him or whatever. My guess is he probably did. Maybe he didn't. Who knows? Um, but I don't like the idea of him going to Michigan, kind of a slap in the face, as you said, to Nebraska. I totally agree with you on that. I feel like it's a little bit of a diss from him to just go in conference and it's not, and and leave your home state team. Like, uh, I I understand you want to have success and all that stuff. You want to make the NFL. That's the entire goal. I get it. Go do that. That's great. But do it at another school. That's not in conference. That's not a team. Nebraska seems to play every other year. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I'm not super in favor of him coming back. I mean, I'd sure be happy to have the talent, but it's like, okay, why didn't you come back? Cause Matt rule's not going to be not Matt rule's not going anywhere for a couple of years, at least unless something goes really bad this year. Um, and I mean, Do you I, see... oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, I just don't know if I'd like to see Ernest Hausman back here. Uh, I feel like he's left and I don't want him back anymore, even though he is a very talented kid. And I um, appreciate his talent. He had 36 solo tackles on the year, 54 in total. That's pretty darn good for a freshman. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I was just thinking going down our list, other linebackers coming into the program. uh, There's several of them, uh, but Maverick Noonan, I think probably tops the list there. He's 6'3", 245 freshman out of Elkhorn. Nebraska, actually, uh, but it's all Omaha now. Um, do you do you foresee that he would be able to see the field? And if so, how much? You know, he's just a true freshman. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. He definitely has the raw talent from what I've seen and from what we've talked about before. We talked about him uh, when we went over the recruiting. Matt Rule's first recruiting class that he signed. Uh, or actually, it's just a Matt Rule's only recruiting class he signed. It seems like he has two because we keep talking about the 2024 class so much. But um, I think that he probably could get in. I, 
it, there's not a lot of depth when it comes to linebacker. I mean, you look at MJ Sherman, Chief Borders, Jamari Butler, uh, you kind of have five guys, including Luke Reimer and Nick Heinrich, that are kind of your starters this year. Uh, but I think Maverick Noonan has the talent. He has the drive. Um, he kind of played. He reminds me a lot of Garrett Nelson if Garrett Nelson played linebacker. Um, so I think that he just has the work rate which it means a lot to Matt Rule. I think I haven't heard his name pop up a lot coming in through fall camp or spring camp or anything like that. Or I should say spring training um, or spring practice, whatever, same, same thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think that he, out of, out of the four that were, that are coming into the program this year as freshmen, that'd be between uh, Maverick Noonan, Corver Dema, who's from Gretna, uh, Dylan Rogers from Cypress, Texas, and Eric Fields from Ardmore, Oklahoma. Um, I think that Maverick Noonan leads those four guys, in my mind, in the opportunity to go and play for Nebraska in a game this year and get some significant minutes. Um, but I find it a little bit hard just because of the experience we have with Borders and Butler and Sherman there that I don't know that if he somehow works his way in there. I mean, it might be towards the end of the season. It might be in a game where we're blowing out somebody, but who knows? I think he will. Pro- I think he'll get maybe a quarter of meaningful minutes total this entire year. Yeah, well, that's one of the things. One of the side things to look at with uh, with the schedule this year is is obviously there's some 124, 125 players on the roster. Who is going to get in there? Who, who and and Maverick is a heck of a player. Um, so uh, I would not be surprised if if Maverick gets in there at some point. And I don't know um, special teams. I don't know if that's something that that he is looking to, or the coaches are looking to get. A lot of those times, a lot of times, those kids come in early and they play on special teams, kind of to prove their 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 worth. And then if they're successful there, then they get you know up to the defense and getting into the rotation and maybe earn a starting job someday. So um, I don't know. It's going to be, these are little, uh, little side uh, issues there that I think Husker fans probably will want to keep track of in the fall. Yeah, definitely. And I think that uh, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And I think as we kind of wrap up the linebacker room here, cause we do have a lot of other stuff we need to talk about in relation to the big 10. Um, and I don't know how much we really need to say else about this linebacker room. We kind of went over the main things. Uh, I'll ask you grandpa. We did this with every other room. What's the one guy that you're watching this year in the linebacking core for Nebraska? Who's, who's going to be the guy that you're watching the most? Well, I love Luke. I mean, I, I, I love to watch that kid play. He is just, he's 20. I think he's numbers 28. I just love to see his motor. I guess that the on the uh, on the outside linebackers coming in there, MJ Sherman and we talk about Chief Borders, Jamari Butler. I'd like to see which one of those guys emerge, or maybe all three of them do. Maybe they because I, I think they want to keep a lot of fresh bodies in there. That the the idea that I'm seeing here in fall camp is that they want to give reps to a lot of players. They want to develop a lot of depth. So when injuries or weather or whatever, they got some bodies in there they can throw in who are experienced, who they trust, and can play winning football in the fourth quarter when the game is on the line. That's going to be exciting. But uh, Nick Heinrich, I'd love to see how he comes out this year. And um, I don't know, with with their other linebackers in there, who's going to emerge? We can throw out names. I, I just don't know at this point. But 
those are the guys I would be looking at at the beginning. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you as well. Uh, one other guy I'd probably be looking at. I mean, you said you said Heinrich. Um, that's probably going to be the guy that I'm watching the most just because I want to see his – like I know he responds very well and has already responded very well to that ACL injury last year. Yeah. And, I mean, I just want to see what he can do this year and it, just his response because sitting out a season for a guy like that, that has got to just amp you up oh. and he's going to be so ready for the season. Yeah. So I'm super excited to see what he can do. Uh, I, I remember watching uh, Reimer and Heinrich play together a couple years ago, and that was just like mind-blowing to me of how well they work together. They're brothers, uh, and I think it's probably the best um, – like the best combination Nebraska could have with leadership, experience, talent, everything. I'm super excited to see them working together. Yeah. So um, you want to move on to other news that uh, some bombshell news, or do you want to talk more? About yeah, that? let's go to, let's go to some bombshells. We got a couple bombshell news. Let's talk about miles farmer uh, and miles farmer. We talked about this last year was suspended indefinitely or not last year, last week. Was spent was suspended indefinitely by Matt Rule for uh, violations of team team code violations. Now he entered the transfer portal after we recorded. What are your initial thoughts on this? I mean, there's a a lot. Is it a huge loss? What What are your thoughts here, Grandpa? I think you're looking at the downside of the transfer portal, and when we you and I a year and a half ago or over a year ago. Had a chance to visit with Mickey Joseph, uh, with uh, uh, Boyd Epley, uh, some other uh, former Husker players. And Boyd was talking about uh, that the fact that if you get if things get too difficult in practice, you know, in, in camp or whatever, I just don't like the coach and I'm going to leave. You know, it's a, it's an easy way out. And, and I don't, I don't, I've never met Miles, so I can't, and maybe he's a, kid of strong character and a good kid. And I hope, I hope he has a bright future, but there's no guarantee that once you enter that transfer portal, that you find a, a home. I mean, it's, and at this stage in, in August, <clears throat> who's going to want somebody? He, uh, Miles, I think was uh, missed a, a game or two last year because he had a DUI violation. And uh, so maybe that's what happened this, this time. I don't know. But uh, these players have, uh, talking about college football players in general, they have a very, very narrow window in their whole lives. You get to be my age and four or five years is just nothing. And for them to put themselves in a position to losing that, he very well could be out of the picture and not playing this fall. Uh, I, that's To me, that's tragic. I hate to see that. I love kids who go through the, time and effort and uh you know they've they've honed their craft he was a starter last year he played very well and then to to me seemingly throw that thing away because of whatever reason i don't know and i don't know all the details so forgive me on that but i just i just hate to see kids throw away their careers because that once that door is closed it may never open again yeah yeah, you're right, and that's what's sad. I mean, Miles Farmer was a very solid player for Nebraska, and as you said, this is the downside of the transfer portal. Uh, that oh, I, I don't like the punishment I've been given, so this for I'm just going to leave. But of course, we don't know if that's the only thing right. going on exactly. Right. Uh, but just kind of disappointing that he's not going to be in the program anymore because I think that uh, <clears throat> Matt Rule could really done him some good. But uh, who knows? Um, all right, next bombshell news. 
Oregon, Washington, join the Big Ten. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah go to the Big 12. Pac-12 has four teams left for the 2024-2025 season. Effectively, the Pac-12 is kaput. It is finally done. The worst Power 5 conference is finally gone. I'm very excited about that. Uh, I think Oregon should have gotten out of there a long time ago. They deserve to be in a better conference. They do just recruit and honestly play at a higher level. So good for good for everyone to get out of there. Uh, what are your initial thoughts when you heard that Oregon and Washington were going to be coming to the Big Ten here, Grandpa, to join USC and UCLA? I don't think that was any major surprise. It had been talked about for the past six months or so, or maybe longer. I I I think that was those were the next two shoes to drop because you look at Oregon and Washington; they have rich tradition not only in sports, but in all of uh, collegiate athletics. That's a, those are great programs. They have a lot of money behind them. And I thought it was a natural fit. I also thought Notre Dame would be by this time in the Big Ten. And so far, that's not happened. But I'm excited. Uh, you used to, you were born in Oregon, and uh, and they, you know, now Nebraska gets to go out there every once in a while. Um, yeah. With 18 teams, you wonder how, how long uh, – how many trips they're going to be able to, or how many times you're going to be able to play in Oregon. And the fact, I was just thinking, it was what, two months ago, that was back in June, that the Big Ten announced their 24 and 25 football schedules. Not not necessarily the dates, but who is going to be playing. Now they got to throw that one out of the window. And they tried to keep, you know, the, the rivalries. Uh, so what do you do now? I have no clue. I mean, they're going to have to we rework the entire schedule. And we went over it, which is kind of funny that we went over Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, we wasted it. all thrown out the window. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, Big Ten commissioners, all these all these uh, conference commissioners are getting – like they better be getting a pay raise because they're having to rework schedules every two weeks yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy just with the amount of realignment that's going on. I would like to ask you, though, Grandpa, it seems like – that the football world is coming to two or three super conferences. Yeah, right, right. Do you think that is good for the sport in general? What are your thoughts on that? I, I am of the opinion that I don't think it's a great thing for the sport because if you have these super – not diluted, that's 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 the wrong way. I guess like – you, you, it's kind of like shining like light through a prism and only the best parts of it get out. Like Nebraska, like as much as I was excited for Nebraska to be like, had be big 10 contenders, all that kind of stuff. It's looking less and less likely now just because you have to, they're, they're so much further behind now than they were just because of the teams they added at the front end in Oregon and Washington and UCLA and USC. So they got to keep rebuilding and build even further back now. Um, and it seems like it'll only be Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, USC, UCLA that are going to be able to challenge for those spots because of the way recruiting works where players want to come to schools that win and have shots of going to the college football playoff. So I think that it just kind of ruins it the, the like lore of college football of these small teams making runs for things no one's got no one really watches the meaningless bowl games at the beginning maybe besides you and i because we're college football super fans <laughs> over here but no one really watches the, the famous idaho potato bowl anymore like it's not the same thing as it was one there might be too many bowls we could talk about that when we get there but um i i think that it just that 
the availability of teams that can play at a high enough level to win a national championship will just stay the same as the same group of teams. I feel like we've seen that for the past couple of years with Georgia, Alabama, uh, Oklahoma, Clemson, like those schools are proven to themselves, proven to the college football world and the high school ranks that these are the teams you're going to join if you want to win a national title. So I don't know if you agree with me on that, Grandpa, or what your thoughts are on that. There's somebody was talking about that this is this whole college football grouping uh, is going to end up being somewhat like the AFC and the NFC. There are going to be two major conferences and they will play each other at some point for the national championship. Uh, Right now, the big 12 is, is up to what's 14 teams, 16 teams, something like that. Yeah. It's quite a bit. So they're growing. Yeah. uh, And, I, I I just think that uh, that's probably what it's probably not going to happen in my lifetime, but I think uh, that's the direction. And it mummy is the whole thing that's this pushing this this movement toward these two or three giant conferences. Um, I think two is probably where it's going to end up. But right now, I think the ACC is going to be history too. Yeah. Uh, why wouldn't uh, Florida State and Miami? Um, you know, maybe even a Clemson. Why wouldn't they join the SEC? Uh, and I mean, I I don't know. It's just it's just crazy. Um, I, I do I do I think do I am I in favor of this? I like I wish it's it's hard for me to to look at Nebraska traveling to Maryland or Rutgers and they pass up a Kansas, a Kansas State, an Iowa State, even a Missouri or a Colorado. You know, so that's the old part of me, but I understand it's a money driven thing and uh, money is not going to be an object as far as travel expenses or whatever else. Uh, and when when Tom Osborne led the way to joining the Big Ten when he was uh, A.D., he he had to do that. That was the, the Big 12 at that time was kind of falling apart. So he that was he made the best decision possible. And so now you have to live with whatever happens here. But I'm excited. People don't like change. I don't either. But in this case, it's going to be a big conference that goes from coast to coast. And it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it is going to be exciting. I mean, the level of competition, I think, will definitely pick up because in order to compete with some of these teams, like, I mean, but, but for example, what are Maryland and Rutgers going to do? Like, what are the, some of these other teams going to do that, like Indiana, Northwestern, these teams are just going to get destroyed and be 0-12 every year because they have to play every single game as a conference game, basically. And the ones that they don't have as conference games that they won't even think about making the college football playoff, they have to make them games that are against somewhat decent opponents. So... I, I, I mean, I don't know. I think there's still going to be a nine conference game schedule. Then that will give the the all the other teams the chance to play the Louisiana Techs and Northern Colorado or Northern uh, Illinois, the Col- uh, the outside they can play non-conference games. Uh, so I think that's still going to be there. If they ever get rid of that, I think that'll be bad for teams, you know, looking like uh, – uh, these smaller teams that get a chance to make a bunch of money. It's a recruiting attraction for them. Like Buffalo came to, to Lincoln a couple of years ago. Um, you know, they, they actually played Nebraska 
fairly tough. They did. Yeah, that was a problem. Bad, but uh, <laughs> that's the Scott Frost era, though. We're done with that now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So <laughs> they get they get they go home with a big they get a, a loss, but they get a big paycheck, and those kids get to play in in front of uh, you know ninety thousand people. Uh, I hope you don't hope that isn't taken away um, from college football. I think that's that's part of, and then you know a. Uh, a Georgia Southern comes to Lincoln, Nebraska, and beats Nebraska. Yep, and they, they it was so monumental they put a display in the Hall of Fame, the College Football Hall of Fame, about it. <laughs> we talked about that. That was great. Oh, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess you're right. If they take away the non-conference thing, that's going to be a problem. But we'll we'll have to see. It'll all work out, and we'll just have to see. But it's it. I have some worries right now, but I also see the positives of it. So I'm very excited to see how it's going to work out. Next year is going to be very interesting. The playoff expands to 12 teams. Like there's going to be a lot of question marks. I think next year, like this year, we're very excited for, and I think this year is going to be one of the most open and crazy college football seasons yet. Next year, I think it's going to top that and make this season look pathetic uh, just because of the amount of chaos that will, there's even more chaos that can ensue next year versus this year. So it's going to be pretty fun to watch. Um, let's go over some of these other just news injury updates here for Nebraska as well. Last week we talked about Marcus Washington's hand being in a bandage at, uh, or being in a cast at, um, the big 10 media days. And turns out Matt rule said that he broke a hand, a bone in his hand in his press conference, uh, last Monday and uh or matt rules he didn't break a bone in his hand at the press conference matt rule said at the press conference <laughs> <broke>. uh, <laughs> i clarify there um and so he said that he should be fine be able to play by tomorrow or i guess majority yeah. of you guys will yeah, probably starting, listen to this yeah. on monday so starting the day that you guys are listening to this they're hoping that he can get back out on the field have that brace off so that's good not too big of an issue there uh, another wide receiver news josh fleeks was suspended he got sent home uh, he came into fall camp overweight and out of shape. That is not what you want from him. And Matt rules. He said that he was like, I know Josh is a good kid. I'll get it figured out. Uh, he just made some dumb decisions during the off season and, uh, was not smart with his weight and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I that's great for Matt rule. Send him home, get him, give him that message of, we don't want you here. If you're not going to put in the work during the off season. Um, and then other wide receiver news as well. Billy Kemp, the fourth. Yeah, uh, Matt Rule just loves him. He said that he said in his press conference that if he had to pick any guy on his team to go into a dark alley with, it was going to be Billy Kemp every single time. And he knew that he'd fight him, fight with him, and fight for him there. So that's just really high praise for Matt Rule, and very excited to see where Billy Kemp ends up this year. I think that as we talked about in our wide receiver uh, preview a couple weeks back, uh, I think that Billy Kemp can be kind of the. Uh, Trey Palmer replacement ish. Um, Marcus Washington, maybe we'll see how his hand is doing. It's between those two guys though. And those two guys will provide a very uh, lethal threat. I think for some of these big 10 teams. Um, Also Teddy Prohaska got banged up. He's going to miss the first two games of the year. That's kind of a problem, not super bad problem because both you and I, when we went over our starting offensive lines, we both had him starting. So, That's kind of a problem there. You lose a kind of consensus starter. And I, it wasn't just us that were predicting him to be a starter. It was a lot of other Nebraska news outlets and just college football outlets in general. Kind of that's disappointing. At least it's only two games. That's fine. Uh, I'd rather have him miss the Minnesota and I guess well, who we play after that. Uh, not North Colorado. Colorado. Colorado, right. Actually, that might be a problem then. 
um that because that colorado game is going to be big uh so we'll we'll see but um i'm sure he'll get it figured out he's already rehabbing so he'll be he'll be good there um and then josh martin is the new tight end coach i don't know if we talked about that when we talked about bob uh wager leaving uh but he was used he was he used to coach tight ends at uh, smu and arizona state so he knows what he's doing he was hired as an analyst by matt rule for for nebraska and then he got transferred into the uh tight end coach spot after uh, Bob Wager's whole incident there. We talked about that last week, I believe. Um, but fall practice, fall camp starting this week. What are your, I, I, I rattle off a lot of newsworthy things there, grandpa. What are you focusing hey, can on? Can we there? go what, back what you, to the, uh, the addition of the four teams from the PAC 12? Uh, yes. Yeah. The question I have, and I would ask this of you because supposedly the two divisions are going to go away after this season. But if you have 18 teams, you could put nine in uh, in each uh, you know division. You could have an East and a West, and the winner of those two divisions plays for the conference championship. <clears throat> or do, you know the other idea I had was maybe there are three pods of six. You have a West, Central, and an East. You know, and then try to make that equitable. Um, yeah, yeah. I, what are your thoughts on that? You think they're going to just go with eighteen and whoever the top two play for the championship, or or what? Um, I mean, I think they have to do two divisions. I'm just trying to think about how these conferences are organized. But if you have four, like the the pod thing, I don't know how you determine a champion there. That doesn't make sense. I think if you have pods, you need to go into at least four. But eighteen is not divisible by four, so then you run into that problem. I think they'll just stick with two divisions of nine and then just say okay winner from each and then it also that i think having ohio state and michigan in the same division of the conference uh really amps up the pressure on that ohio state michigan game because year after year it's been winner of that goes to the big 10 championship game and i think that they don't want to lose that hype around it so i mean i don't know but I think that they'll just stay with the two divisions because it's just easier to manage, easier to – it's just easier for fans and everyone to figure out. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I think that's that's going to be something they have to come up with pretty soon because they're going to be putting these schedules together. Um, but, uh, you know, when it was just Southern Cal and UCLA, you just put one in one division and one in the other. Now you got four teams. Do you take a, a Michigan out of – the, if there if there are two divisions, take Michigan out of there. Maybe you put an Oregon in there, and you put Michigan in. But then you got Southern Cal, and you'd have Michigan and Southern Cal playing in Nebraska's West Division. I mean, I don't know. I that's something they're we're going to be seeing over the next, I would say, not too distant future. I think they're going to have to come up with that. And I don't think it's rocket science. I think they're going to be able to to get their arms around this thing pretty soon. But it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, and I, I agree with you about having three pods um, that you got three, you got an odd man out. I, I don't know exactly how that would work, but but um, uh, it's the powers that be in the, in the Big Ten. Uh, Petiti is going to have to come out and uh, and be working overtime. He's going to make he's going to earn his money coming up in the next uh, couple of months. I don't think yes, they can yes. too long on this. So. What do you think? I mean, I would think that in by September, 
the latest that they would have this all ironed out. I don't, I don't think it's rocket science. You just put the thing together and go. Yeah, I want to say by at least, I mean, I don't know if we'll have time to talk about it during the season, but by Nebraska's second bye week, uh, if we don't have a guest or anything on, my guess is that they'll, they should have it organized and ironed out all by then. So hopefully we can discuss it more in depth then when they get it all figured out and how the divisions are going to work, all that kind of stuff. We can kind of talk about that for next year. But yeah, I don't know. I, they'll get it figured out and I, I'm sure they'll do it in the best way possible for them financially, all that kind of stuff. They have a lot more motivations that we can't even think of. So it's going to be a really difficult. I, as I said, big respect for all the commissioners that are dealing with this right now. So, um, but that is all the time we have today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we love doing this every single week for you guys. Go find us over on Twitter at HBT Huskers pod or search. How about them Huskers on Twitter? You can email us any questions, suggestions you have HBT H podcast at protonmail.com or huskerdan at cox.net. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, go tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone about the podcast. Uh, we'd love to get more people listening and grow our community here that we've that we started building. So thank you guys again for listening. And as always, go, go big red. And we'll be back next week with our final preview of the year, secondary. Have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you next week.